Welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. I am your host, Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, with... With Reverend Arlene Cahet. Arlene, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you doing, Harvey? I am outstanding, and this time it's outstanding in the sunshine. Thank you, God, that the rain has stopped. <laughs> Arlene, we have a special, special guest in the house with us tonight. You know, it is an international speaker. We had to chase her all around the world. Everywhere we got, she was gone. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't really that hard, but still, it sounds good. We have international coach and speaker. We have the first female co excuse me, let me say that again, first female Asian co-active coach. She has been a top coach for some of the biggest coach training organizations. She has trained over 1,000 coaches. She has helped over 1,000 women personally with her coaches, with her coaching. We have Miss May Vu. May, are you with us? Hey! Hey! having me on the show and playing with me and what a fortuitous conversation that we had on that bus in California a couple of weeks ago and here we are. <laughs> yes. And May, yes. how are you this evening? I am in California and we are experiencing sunshine also. And it's funny when you were talking about uh, the rain stop. I'm like, you're sounding like a Californian. We we don't do well, you know, with rain out here either. <laughs> well, we've been getting flooded with rain. I'd be glad to package some up and send to you guys in Northern California. Okay, well, that rain's going to have to stop when I come out there on June, uh, June 5th. <laughs> <laughs> you can rain before or after, but around June 5th, just make it a beautiful, gorgeous blue sky day for me. We will do our best. Arlene actually That's can control right. the weather, so she's going to make it right. <laughs> See, I just passed that on her. Oh, oh yeah. Yep, okay, right. yeah. He he's just wanting me to break out my magic wands and start doing some earth magic. I got you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll put that in the calendar, Harvey. <laughs> All right. And so, May, as you mentioned, you will be coming to Baltimore, and this is just one of the legs on your East Coast book signing tour. Is that correct? It is. It's a special leg, but it is one of the legs. And, yeah, I'm going to start from uh, New York City and move my way to Baltimore, Philadelphia, and back to Montclair. All right. And, of course, Baltimore is going to be the best. I don't care what they say about New York and Philly. And so all you people listening from New York and Philly, you know, we're going to show you all how to host an international speaker. So you all might as well just come on down to our event. Not saying that you don't want to go to the herds when she comes to your town, but come to ours so that you'll know the next time. Well, you, 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 guys, got, you guys got organic vegan food, man. I haven't gotten that offer yet with any other my stop, so I'm really looking forward to checking out Sandra Wood's um, organic uh, bar there and, and have some of her famous juice. 
Oh, Sandy is really good. Her stuff is really, really good. And so if you don't know, here comes Shameless Plug, Sandy's Raw Please. Food Juice Bar at 3602 West Rogers Avenue in Baltimore, Maryland. Stop in and tell Sandy that you heard about her right here on Family Healing Circle. One love, one connection, one us. And so, May, tell us about this yeah. book. The Divorced Mom's Guide to Dating. It's about time somebody write a book about this because I've seen way too many divorced moms out there hurting themselves, and it's just sad looking. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. something into our 60 even 70 some of us you know and and I see I see the divorce moms dating again and they're still trying to date like they were a teenager they're still having mm. the same insecurity the same the same wackiness and they're they're tolerating crap from men that frankly they're way too old to have to put up with that kind of crap anymore so so this book really is there to champion us women to find a different way to date, to bring ourselves to the table. We are older, we're wiser, we even have collateral, you know, we have houses, we have assets, we have beautiful children, we have a lot to come to the table with, and yet most women who find themselves single in their later life um, are ashamed, embarrassed, hiding, you know, uh, doubting themselves, and throwing themselves into the dating pool like they were like they were an insecure teenage kid, and I just so don't want that for for us women. Okay. So, May, and I read your book, and I'm just going to say this. I like the book, but my favorite part, my favorite yeah. part, and of course, all the women are going to say typical man, but my favorite part <laughs> is the fact that a couple times in the book, you mentioned that women, in order to be loved, adored, and cherished, you must also love, adore, and cherish your man. And I want to say, and I want you to talk about that, but I want to say this, I think a lot of women don't understand how powerful that is. Because a a man wants, most men really want to take care of his woman. He wants to be the hero in her eyes. That's why fathers love their daughters so much, because daughters look up to them like, daddy's my hero and can do no wrong. And so you want that with the woman that you're with. And at the same time, you want her to love, adore, and cherish you. So tell me, how did you come up with that? Uh, several ways, actually. When I started dating again, when my marriage fell apart when I was 40, and I had a daughter who was five years old, and I'm back on the scene, right? And I, too, was like all other women, kind of like, how do I date again? Oh, my God, I'm older, and I have a daughter. Who's going to want me? What's going to happen to us? That kind of stuff. And then I just started realizing, hold on, sister, you know, 
you're a smart woman, you're beautiful, you step into your power and you step into your full right to be a woman and trust this, you know. And so anyway, I completely redo how I, how I saw myself and how I dated again. And so then I, I met this man who I really liked. And so we became intimate with each other and we, we started seeing each other solely. And one day I looked at him and I wanted the urge to say, you know, that urge to say the four-letter word, you know, like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I love you, that mm-hmm. urge, right? But then, then I kind of like paused in midway and going, what the hell does that really mean? I love you. At, by then, I was like 44 or something like that. And I'm like, what does that really mean? What do I really mean in this moment? Do I really love this man or what do I really feel like right here? And, and the word that came out was, actually, in this moment, I actually adore you. I don't love you. Like, love is just like, like, like the word for snow, you know, like, like snow for us is just snow. But to Eskimo, they have like 200 different ways to describe snow because they're so intimate with snow. So I started getting really intimate with the word love and asking myself, what does love really mean in each instance? And so in that moment, I was just adoring him and it just came out and, and it felt more correct than love. And I said it to him, and it was a lot safer than love, because love seemed to imply, oh, crap, now, now that I said it, now you're going to have to marry me, and now you're going to have to put a ring on me, and now, you know, now you're, I trap you kind of thing. But adore seems to be like, like connecting enough but not have all that connotation to it. So then I started exploring different words, and, and that's where this, this, the three words that strung together when a woman or a man is loved, adored, and then cherished. There's a different quality to that relationship than just saying, I love you. Hmm. Hmm. That's beautiful. I like that. What does it mean to you to, 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 to be cherished or to be adored? I, I'd love to hear from Aline. Okay, well, and, and, and I'm glad you actually asked me that because I was just going to keep that all to myself. But I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> well, I, want, I want both of you to answer, but since Arlene hasn't gotten in yet, so I want to make space for it. Arlene, what do you what, what, Yes, Arlene, what do you When you hear adored and cherished, to be adored and cherished? Um, well, I would say when I think of the word adored, I think of someone who is concerned about what it is that I'm doing, thinking and feeling, someone who is willing to share um, their will you're willing to share what their their ideas and thoughts are, and we have a sort of a intimate exchange uh, so much so that that there are often times where the things that are communicated actually get communicated uh, beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. it, there is there is a, a level of, uh, I guess you could say, connection there that cannot mm-hmm. be easily quantified and explained. Um, mm-hmm. I And I would definitely say that in my marriage, I definitely had that. 
um, and I cannot say that I actually had that experience before because, you know, in, in the relationships that I had had before, there may have been commonalities, but there is a sense of harmony here that was not existent in my previous experiences and in, in including the previous marriage. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. I love that what you said, the intimate exchange happened and then the things that need to be communicated got communicated even before the words words need to yeah, be spoken. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like so and and I feel the same way with my with my current partner. With my ex husband, we did love each other. We love each other very much and very well. We respected each other. But there wasn't I don't know what happened, but we didn't get to the the adoration and cherish part. Uh, and and it, it stalled out. But but here with my current partner, we've been together for eight years, and oh my goodness, you know, there has been so many times, even now, after eight years, I would reach on my phone to text him, and and the text would come in from him that go, bling, he was just thinking about me and wanted to mm-hmm. connect with me. I, that's That's like, how does that happen? Why does that keep happening between us? And how come? You know, so that level of connection is just amazing. Yeah. How about you, yeah. Harvey? What, what do you think of when you hear to be, to be adored and cherished? Well, I'll tell you. But first I want to say, I love how you hijacked our show and you're interviewing us. <laughs> this is so doggone cool. <laughs> but anyway. Like I said, it's so doggone cool. <laughs> no one has actually come and done that before. <laughs> that is my way of loving, adoring, and cherishing you, you know, giving back. <laughs> and we appreciate it. When I, when I think of that, it, it reminds me of, with, I've only been married once, but with my ex-wife, um, in the height of our marriage when it was at its best not that it was ever really bad we just kind of grew apart yeah. we did marry pretty young um i was 21 and she was 19 but wow. yeah <laughs> but at the height of our marriage <laughs> it, it was really you know for her and it was and i was i was in a place where i was different i was more street cuz i grew up in the streets the inner city of baltimore so mm. love was not really something that I was comfortable with. It it didn't happen in my household. And so I didn't see it. It was a concept that wasn't necessarily ideally real to me. Mm -hmm. It was just, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand it. So being in a relationship like I had with her, where she adored me, you know, almost Mm -hmm. to the point where sometimes I could do no wrong in her eyes. And it was like, wow. You know, mm-hmm. and she loved me. Now, I'm not sure mm-hmm. she necessarily cherished me. That might have been different. But she definitely mm-hmm. adored and loved me a whole lot. And in that space, I learned a whole lot about women and a whole lot about relationships, you know, mm-hmm. because coming into it, it was different. It was more of a sense of, you know, well, to put it bluntly, women were pretty much disposable, Those who I would get close to, 
they usually didn't work out. And so if I got hurt, then I just figured, okay, well, then I don't need this crap in my life. And so women were more disposable. And so when I met her, we fell in love, we got married. It was very different. It was different than anything I had seen before. And again, I don't necessarily know that she necessarily cherished me. I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. But she definitely loved and adored me. And it was a wonderful feeling. You know, it was the kind of thing that you look forward to being around on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Now, both of us was active duty in the military. I was combat arms. So my job would take me to the field for five whole days and then come back Mm -hmm. for a week and then go back to the field. So when I'm in the field, you know, there would be times that, and it's only five days, but there would be times that I missed my wife so much that I became Mm -hmm. annoying (laughs) <laughs> the other soldiers, you know, one particular hot summer, they actually kicked me out of the sleeping tent because I kept playing one particular love song over and over and over again. And, you know, when I would come back, she would actually meet me at the gate, which would then piss them off even more because it was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? <laughs> they were so, jealous of you. Right, exactly, exactly. So when you say love, cherish, and adored to me, I, I think of that, and then I think I, you know, think about what also would it be like to put cherished with that, you know? And I'm thinking that would really be a very, very powerful thing, because people, male or female need connection. We need each other. And when we can be psychologically naked, when we can be vulnerable, when we allow that trust to be vulnerable with someone, you create a bond like you never knew existed. And it do get to a point where you don't even need to share words. Sometimes you, that bond is so well, so, so strong, so thick that you can see when you come in the house that there's something that she's needing, and you can just go ahead and give it to her. And it's like, wow, you know, and other people be like, how'd you know? How did I not know? We've been together for X amount of time, you know, but you learn to pay attention. And I think a lot of what we see today, particularly in my work, is that people don't necessarily pay attention. We're phoning in relationships and we live together, but we're phoning it in. You know, mm-hmm. you can sleep next to somebody for 20 years and you don't really know them because you've never actually opened up and gave them you know, all of you, and they haven't done it to, to you. You know, you haven't given yourself away. So to cherish love and adore someone, because I agree with you about love. You can love someone, excuse me, a little choked up here. You can love someone and not give 100% to that person, not give all of who you are. But I think if you adore and you cherish that person, you know, you just you, you whip away the mask. You tear down the walls, and you say, damn it, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And you take the chance well, on getting hurt. Yeah, I totally agree with both of what you're saying. And it's that investment, that putting yourself 100% into the relationship so that you can see, see the other person so much that you do love them, you do cherish them, and you, you do adore them, and you do cherish them. And to me, they're like um, gradation. You know, like love is the basic the basic level. Most people actually, to be honest, if, if they're lucky, they actually have love, okay? They'll go for love first. But really, love is just the first step, the, 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 basic, the basic building block for, for, 
for a solid relationship. But if you just stay at love alone, then then you you can you can get practical things done. You know, if two people love each other, you can build a house together, you can build a bank account, you can have children, and you can maintain a solid enough relationship. I had that with my ex husband. And but you lack you lack the joy, you lack the mm, the yumminess, the passion, the the hotness of it. You know, so you have to allow it or invest in it even more and bring in the next level, which is adoration. When you start to adore each other, now there's a level of yumminess that's beyond hard work, that's beyond investing into the relation, but now it's just about enjoying each other. I adore you. You know, I look at you and you can feel the adoration in my eyes and it can seep into you. That just makes everything so much yummier and softer and you know with with velvet and with with you know <laughs> bling bling light you know it's, you know, it's not just a practical world anymore and, so, and then that alone is, is not not it either because what i see is that we are all called to do big things in the world now we're not just called to come to the world and have babies and and build a house and and build a bank account and retire you know that that as good as that is that's just basic human needs i think we're all are wanting more than that we want to contribute to life we're called to do something bigger to give more this is where cherish is actually very fascinating to me because one day i looked up cherish i'm like well what the heck does cherish mean anyway so i googled it and did you know that cherish means to be worshipped Wow, right? Wow. So you're like, wow, yeah. Immediately, I'm I'm adjusting my seat. I'm like, whoa, to be be cherished means to be worshipped? I didn't know that. I thought that was just gushy love, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But that really brought my attention to this because what this means to me is that not only do you love me to, to protect and take care of me, but do you adore me and are passionate about me, but you also cherish me. You worship me means you respect what I am in the world and you help me bring my work into the world. Just like I help you become the best you possible and I help you bring your best self into the world and make a difference in this world. I cherish you at that level. And that, my friend, is so hot because for all of us hardworking women out there, all of us hardworking men, when we have a partner that could interchange that together, that could actually give that to us, it makes a whole world of difference. This is a new level of play that our parents maybe didn't know about, didn't, didn't show us how to. When you mm-hmm. have someone who go with you wherever you go and spread your message, there's a level of strength, there's a level of love, there's a level of rejuvenation that happens so you don't have to be depleted in the world when you do your big work in the world. So I think cherish is so important for us nowadays, especially for those of us who have a message, who want to, be, to, to do something to give back into the world. We need that. It's essential to our work. All right. I like that. Now, yes. Mace, I want to put you on a hot seat for a minute here. You go. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Because I'm thinking, I heard the words that you said. 
but mm-hmm. it's so foreign to me. And now I'm not speaking as me, but I'm mm-hmm. speaking, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's so yep. foreign to me. So I have no idea what that really means, what that looked like. So I need you to incite our minds with a picture mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. that would look like. Because right now it's just words, you know, and it sounds nice. It's nice, sweet and flowery, sure. you know. Yeah. But what the heck yeah. does that really look like? Because, you know, if, if I'm coming from a neighborhood where most of the moms are single and most of the dads ain't about nothing and the one good dad mm-hmm. that is about something is just like boring as all get up, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, what I know is hustlers are where it's at, but they always in and out of the in and out, you mm-hmm. know. And, and yeah. so what's this 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 cherish that you're talking about what's this what's worship this that you're talking about yes that you're talking about right, right exactly i i can i can talk about that from my own my own hood experience okay so i don't know if you know this about me but i was born in vietnam and i actually escaped out of vietnam in the 70s with when the vietnam war ended and i immigrated into this country i was on welfare in the first year of my life in the united states we live in a one-bedroom apartment where my brother and I share a bedroom and my mom and dad slept in the living room for, you know, many years to, to build our life in the United States. So I know what it's like somewhat to live in the hood, my, mm-hmm. my Asian kind of hood, you know. And, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> you know, our, our, our vacation was once a year or so, my parents would drive us to Tahoe or Reno. They go in and gamble, and my brother would hang out at the lobby all day long, entertaining ourselves out there while my parents go gambling. That was our vacation for many years when I was growing up. <laughs> we did not go skiing or Hawaii. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I know about hard work and I know about, you know, shouldering it and carrying it. And as, a, as an Asian firstborn woman, I am super smart, super hardworking. So with my first marriage, First of all, I had to pursue him to convince him that I was the one for him. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't anybody sitting there waiting for some suitor to come and ask for my hand. Let me just tell you that. It took me three years to convince this man that I'm the one for him. And, <laughs> and when, when he finally asked me to marry him, you know, it was great, ha, 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 all this stuff, and we got married. But 10 years after that, one day during one of our fights, I just threw my hand up in the hand and said, why did you ask me to marry you anyway? And honestly, he said to me, he said, because it was Valentine's Day and I didn't know what to get you for a present and I wow. knew that you would probably like that, so I offered Ooh. it. I <laughs> okay. Right? Ouch. Yeah. Ouchie. Exactly. Ouchie. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I, 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 I just want to say this. I hear you women going ouchie and all this kind of stuff, but from my man mind, I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, I can see that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm hearing y'all go ouchie. Oh, no, wow. Oh, my it's goodness. interesting, the contrast there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, and to be honest, just to meet you there, Harvey, because on the other side, secretly deep down inside me, I asked myself, the same, I mean, I was shocked by the answer, right? And I'm like, see, that's, that's the problem of this marriage, blah, blah, blah. And then I went in, you know, and in my own little bathroom, and I'm like, well, why did you say yes? And my answer was, I said yes because I didn't have any better offer. 
because mm-hmm. no one else was asking. So it was equally true. And we did, we gave it all to each other and we did support each other. We were very good to each other. We were honest and sincere. As you can see, that was as honest and sincere as possible. And Mm -hmm. we still, you know, raised a beautiful daughter, right? And, but so that's what it looked like when I had love. We did buy a little house in Pleasanton. It's almost like Pleasantville, like the movie Pleasantville that you <laughs> have seen. It's very much like that. And I would be traveling when I was traveling around to train coaches, life coaches. I would slap my bag on Thursday, get to an airport by myself, and go and teach three days straight from, you know, 7 in the morning until 10 at night. And then on Sunday night, I'd slap my bag home, get in the shuttle, get my car, and drive home, and crawl into bed. He's already in bed, put the kids to sleep. You know, we gave each other a peck, and I fall asleep. That was the happy love life that I had. Nothing wrong with it. It was very solid. It was better than a lot of people had it, mm-hmm. okay? But when that, after 18 years of that, it became, we were like roommates. It didn't matter what we did. We couldn't see each other eye to eye. We couldn't appreciate each other. So, so that's why the marriage fell apart. But now I'm with this man. We've been together for eight years. He would never let me drive to the airport by myself. He would always insist on driving me. And not only that, he packs his bag and he flies with me wherever I go. And I'm in front of the room teaching. He's in the back videotaping, taking pictures of me. And every single event, every time, he would listen to what I say in the back there and he would cheer up because he felt my, my words and he felt what I was trying to do in the world. And he saw what it was doing for the woman in the room. And he would cry because it moved him so much. That, my friend, is the difference between to be loved and to be loved, adored, and cherished. Mm-hmm. That is a great illustration. And I want that for all of us. I absolutely, I don't care what your situation is. If you think that you deserve that and you can see that that is possible and you can be the way you are, like you, like you both said, you know, it starts from self-love. If you could treat yourself from that place of exquisite care for yourself and exquisite knowing that you deserve to be treated that way, it's not a demand. It's a deep knowing. Then you're going to create relationship and you're going to bring forth a partner who will see that and he will be there for you and who will do that with you. I do the same for him. You know, this is not just a May show here. I do the same for him. Like when he's a photographer, I have encouraged him to quit his job and just be a photographer because he was so mm-hmm. good at it. And I am, when we're on a road trip and and on his photography road trip, I'm like his little spotter dog. You know, I'm like, Woo, there's a good picture right there, honey. Let's get his car on. Let's get his car on. long it takes for him to get that shot and come back and he can tinker in his dark room as long as it takes for him to create the masterpiece that he creates and I'm so supportive and I cherish his work because I see what it does for, for the viewer for people who see and this man on Google he, his, his, his Google account has over 4 billion views 
4 wow. billion views of his account. That is how great his pictures is. Google has used two of his images as their background pictures. So that is like, but he would not have gotten there if I didn't love, adore, and cherish him back. And that is extremely powerful. Again, yes, like I said, beautiful. that's yeah, that's why that's my favorite part of the book. And it's not just because I'm a man and it says to do that, but it's because of what it represents. You know I thought you would have picked the sex part in the book. I'm really blown oh, away well, by what you know, how deep you are. Well well <laughs> and, and again <laughs> I can be shallow too, but yes, you can. <laughs> I was gifted with this talent to move back and forth between being shallow and deep. <laughs> but but the, the sex part was the sex part, and it was what it was. This part is more in line with, with my spirit because, mm. like I said, when you are together, it's us against the world. You know, you don't let anything come against you. And, and Often, and, and Arlene can attest to this, in many of the workshops I've done, you know, I use mm -hmm. analogies from my days in the military. And so when I talk about a relationship, I talk about, you know, my five years as an infantryman in the Army, and in the early days when we had to dig foxholes. You dig a mm -hmm. foxhole that's armpit deep to the tallest person, and you're paired up by twos. So there's two people mm -hmm. in the foxhole. So you think of that in a relationship sense. You know, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, if you're, you know, just cohabitating, whatever, you're in a foxhole. Your situation is the foxhole, and it's armpit deep to the tallest person. And so I've got the cover from here to here. You've got the cross cover here and out here, and then we've got the whole thing covered. If I start to slack off and I'm not covering part of you or you're not covering mm -hmm. part of me, then we're exposed. Not I'm exposed. Mm -hmm. We're exposed. You see, we're mm. a team, and we've got the work as one unit. And that's why mm -hmm. the war on love is so important to me because people don't understand that concept. We get into a relationship, and it's all about how we feel in the moment. And how we feel in the moment is transient. You know, mm -hmm. I might go to bed feeling really mad and angry with my woman, but 3 o'clock in the morning I get up to go to the bathroom. I got an erection. Now I also want to take care of the erection. So I'm not so mad at you anymore. Hey, wake up. Wake up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but she may still be pissed off <laughs> when it's transient. You know, by 10 o'clock in the morning, she may not be so upset anymore. You know, I got up in the morning, got a shower when everything came back. She's still laying in bed. I fixed breakfast, gave her a massage. Now she's not so mad at me anymore. But we react on how we feel in the moment, and we don't consider the overall picture. The overall mm -hmm. picture. You know, I was with a woman some years ago, and we were in California. We was in Los Angeles, and we had a big argument, big nasty argument. Well, more she had a big argument with me. i have been screwing with her all day just for the mere <laughs> satisfaction of it, and I admit, you know, and when I admitted it to her, that only made her even worse because she didn't realize it. She just thought that I did something that made her upset, and she knew that periodically throughout the day I did something, but she didn't realize I was doing it intentionally, you know, because I was spreading it out and I was doing just little stuff to irk her. <laughs> and so when I told her that at night, she really, really went off. I mean, she let me have the riot act. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. And so she laid down, rolled over, put some pillows between her and where I was going to sleep. 
And so I watched mm. the little TV until I was tired. Then I climbed in the bed. I threw those pillows on the floor, and I lift the covers up, got in the covers, and I held her all night long. Mm. I knew she was mad mm. at me, but that's her thing. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> so I held her all <laughs> night long. In the morning, she was like, why you throw my pillows on the floor? I said, because they were creating the border between us. That's not for us. Aww. And I said, before she could say anything, I said, don't act like you didn't like me holding you all night long. And she smiled and said, yeah, I did. Yeah, because Aww. for me, it, when you dig in that foxhole, you're making a commitment. Don't get in the doggone mm-hmm. foxhole if you're not going to make the commitment. Mm. And so that's how I feel about it. So that's why that's so important to me, that part. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. And I, you know, this is one of the things that I learn about men um, in my journey is that there's a way that men love us women that is so, so amazing. I really truly believe this. I think when a man loves a woman, he actually loves her much deeper than a woman loves a man back. Like the way you guys can love us is just incredible. And I don't think us women really stop long enough to really acknowledge that and really own up to that. Well, I'm glad this is going to be recorded because I've said that before and no woman ever (laughs) agrees with me. So now I've got it recorded. I, I, yeah, I, I think I think women brings brings the world to men. We bring so much energy and inspiration to men, and 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 if if a man could just go with us and let us show you the beautiful world that we're introducing you to, it would be so much more fun. You know, stop fighting us so much for heaven's sake. You know, like stop digging your heels in the, in the ground. Make it easier for us to inspire you and love you. So like we take men farther than men can go and men take us deeper than we dare to go, than our vulnerable self would dare to go. And I think that's what men and women do for each other. All right. Arlene, get yep. in there. Come and, on, bring some Arlene well, to this. You know, I, I guess what, one of the questions that I have for you is uh, what are some of the things that you see that uh, that women are doing or what are some of the mistakes that, that they're making um, uh, in in reentering? for reentering the the dating world. Uh, of course oh, you you did gosh. you did mention you did mention that they're trying to date like they did in their 20s, but if if yeah. you could just bring any bring in some specifics that would be appreciated. Oh my gosh. I mean like I'm going to need 2 days for that to answer that question. <laughs> 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 We can we can take it down to like two things that you feel that that the predominant yeah, amount of like, women do. No, but seriously, I do have two days to to, to answer that question, and this is why um, twice a year I do I do a two day event about dating and about relationship for women, and I I host it out in California, and then I I do it one time in in Sweden. I, I spread I spread myself to two countries, and and because the, this is such an important conversation like what are women doing that is so wrong Uh, uh, you know so three things I'll I'll tell you three things okay most common this is worldwide international problem this is a human condition so women are run by three things and they they do these three things and it really wrecks their dating life the first one is that you think you are responsible for everything 
So you put everything first and your kids come first so then you don't date or you do date. And if you do date, you're all guilty and you're all confused and, and you're exhausted from all your obligations. So you don't really show up fully for the dating anyway. So that's number one is that you're overly responsible and you take on so much that there's not much left of you for dating or, or for letting love in. Really, that's that's. Be, Underneath dating, it's really you learning to let love back in. And if you don't know how to let love back in, you don't know how to let money, you don't know how to let success in. So it's usually they all come together. It's usually when I see a woman who, who the love life is not going well for them, their career or their business are not going well for them either, and their money is not going well either. It's, it's very much um, the same energy. So that's number one, overly responsible, carrying the world on your shoulders, trying to do everything by yourself. The number two thing is that you're run by, by guilt and fear that you're not good enough and you haven't done enough, which ties in with number one, right? So hmm. this deep guilt and fear that you're not enough and you haven't done enough, oh my God, it runs everything. So it has you do more. It has you take less. It has you shame yourself. It has you do all sorts of damage to yourself psychologically, emotionally, and physically. So, um, so you tend to be overweight. You tend to, um, to be overworked and overwhelmed. <laughs> overweight, overworked, and overwhelmed. Woo! To the overw. <laughs> I haven't even put those three over, over W together. Anyway, so then the third and the last thing, the clincher of it all is, then not only are you taking on all the responsibility, run by guilt and fear that you're not enough, the third thing you do is then you start to make up a story that you have to make everyone happy. So you walk on eggshells trying to please everybody. Mm. If you really look, you will be amazed at how much you walk on eggshells every day trying not to upset the boat, not, not to rock the boat, not to upset people's feelings, not to hurt anybody, not to, you know, not to lead him on, not to, not to be too much, too little for him. Oh, my God. The, the noise in your head around this is just immense. So that's what the three biggest thing, most common things that women do when it comes to relationship that, that stop love from coming into their life. Wow. Okay. Wow. So to a woman who's dealing with that, what do you say to them? How do you get them out of that? Because that really epitomizes so many women that I know. How do you get them beyond that? Now you're about to enter a paradox. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because when a woman hears this, she tends to feel this way. She's like, oh, my gosh, you got my number. You really get me. And right next to that, right behind that is her defense will come up. But Mm. are you saying I've been doing it wrong all this time? Don't you get how hard my life is? Don't you know what I have to deal with that, that, that I have to be that way? And she will feel like she's being attacked because she's so underloved. And this is where the three of us have a common common cause here, which is it all starts with self-love. Easier said than done. Right? Mm-hmm. So, right, so right. she doesn't love herself, she depletes herself, and then when she hears this, she hears it as a criticism, as another proof that she hasn't done it right, and she's not good enough, and it feeds into that, that crazy brain of her. So the first thing is to just stop everything and just simply love her as is. 
accept her as is and love her as is. It's like, yep, I see you. I see how hard you work. You are fabulous. You're amazing. I see how much you've given to that relationship. I am so impressed. Give that to her. Let her have that. Okay, love so her as I, is. Don't try to change her. Yeah, I, I find that interesting that you bring that, that up because when I deal with the people that um, – I consult with, oftentimes I don't even bring that up or bring that into the, the equation because I, I sense the resistance that is going to come up and I haven't learned how to finesse my way around their resistance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess how do you get them over that, uh, over that hump of, of their self-judgment of what it is that you said that like adding that on to them? Um, added on to whatever it is or whatever story they're telling themselves. Yeah, I I I approach them with a ten foot pole, <laughs> with a velvet <laughs> glove at the end, <laughs> and a white flag over here, and I just kind of gently approach them. No, actually, part of why my my uh, my event is two days is I mean it literally takes me two days to gently speak to them so that they can breathe and get that I'm on their side and that I am not criticizing them, but I'm actually championing them. And I'm actually, I actually understand their life story because I have lived it myself. I continue to live it, but now that I know what I know, I can then help myself through that. And so I can help my woman do that. And and Harvey said he read my book, you know, like in my book, I actually present my concept with three archetypes um, that that I describe the condition of these three archetypes inside us. And who I'm speaking to is that hardworking peasant woman. That's the name, the label that I call, you know, that's the physical part of myself who is working so hard and all she ever hoped for is if she just work harder, you will see her and understand how great she is and you will love her. That's it. That's what a peasant woman just wants is I'll trade you. I'll, I'll give you my hard work if you just love me. Unfortunately, she never gets that. She only gets more work to work for. And it's just a sad, sad story for her. But somehow when I present it this way, they can see that and they, they can start to, to I, that's the first thing. I mean, I spend so much time with women to teach them how to love themselves. Everyone, we all hear this whole concept of self-love, but we go at it from self-punishment. We go at it from shooting ourselves, but we don't know how to go at it from self-love. So to do that, you need community. You need to be guided. You need partnership. You need community. And so those three parts, you know, you need someone to teach you and guide you, and then you need a partner to go through it together so that you have a partner to to bounce things off with. And you also need a private community that really respects this work and create and are, are living this this model. And when we can interact and see it in each other, that's when that's when that hardworking, defensive, resistance part can let her guard down and could start to let herself be loved. It's really a hard job. <laughs> wow. 
I want to yeah. stop us right there because we got to pay some bills. So we're going to go to a commercial, okay. and we'll be right back. Break the cycle of mediocrity. Did you know that most people don't like waking up to an alarm clock every morning? How would you like to make a full-time income working part-time? The largest percent of people who make six figures or more do it from a home-based business. You can design your own future with a company that is fun, fast, friendly, and rewarding. The Limu Company is new to the Baltimore area and looking for a few good men and women. If you are a leader, sick and tired of the Monday through Friday 9 to 5 grind, if you want to set your own schedule and pay, contact Gloria at 443-326-1943. That's 443-326-1943 or by email at gleach7 at verizon.net. That's gleach7 at verizon.net. I'll see you at the top. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we inspire awareness, manifesting, motivating, and educating every day. On Sundays, it's Make Me Feel It Radio with Stacey Ferguson. This show is starting a movement as it seeks to inspire people to grow and change the world through personal and financial development. On Mondays, it's Totally Whole with Pastor Cook and Dr. Maxine. This show addresses issues related to spirituality and mental health. On Tuesdays, it's Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show will help you get your money right and your financial house in order. On Wednesdays, it's the RN Perspective with our own RN, Stacey Lamore. Change the way you think about health by understanding the connection you have with all things and how your habits affect your health. Learn to heal holistically. On Thursdays, it's four weeks, four different shows. Five weeks, five different shows. The first Thursday of the month is Total Empowerment, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out with Angela Hardy. The second Thursday of the month is One Love, One Connection, One Us. Turn your relationship into a spiritual union with Reverend Arlene Kahnett and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. The third Thursday of the month is the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam, a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. The fourth Thursday of the month is the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. This show explores the inner world of our mind and gives advice on spiritual growth and self-healing. The fifth Thursday of the month is Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahat, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. On Fridays, it's Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. It's sexual health and fitness like you've never heard it before with Vondria Walters and Zakia Lana. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 to 9 p.m. every day. And now you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Family Healing Circle Media. Family Healing Circle, healing the mind, body, and soul. And we're back, Reverend Arlene and Reverend Harvey, and our magnificent guest, Miss Mabel. That was super awesome. I looked up Limu. Oh, my gosh. So a seaweed-based company, huh? Really mm-hmm. cool. I've not heard of them. Mm-hmm. Very good. I am actually using a Limu product. A part of my spiritual practice is working out every morning. And... 
the shakes is good for your body. It, it's a protein supplement for after workouts. Actually, it has three uses, but that's what I use it for. So you can use it for weight loss um, by replacing a meal as a meal replacement. You can use it as I do to replenish your body after you work out. And then there's a third method, which I should know because it would be perfect if I did, and I don't remember, and I'm talking to Stall, hoping it'll come back, but no luck. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, whenever I have three of something to remember, I always remember two, and I always forget one, and I don't know why. And the same thing, if I have five, and I, I remember three and forget two. It's just like, oh, well, that's just how my brain works. <laughs> and right now, mine apparently is two. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, mate, now that we're back, um, I want to ask you this question. And it's still mm-hmm. dealing with your book, but kind of stepping away. Mm-hmm. In your professional opinion, what would you say is the biggest problem facing relationships? And I know you particularly deal with single moms, but facing relationships. As a matter of fact, let's make it a two-parters. Facing single women, trying to get back into the dating world, and facing couples in relationships. Uh, yeah, even though, you know, my book is title for divorced moms who are dating again is actually for all women who who are who want to be loved, adored, and cherished in their life. Because half of my women are divorced moms, and the other half are actually married moms who are on the brink of wanting a divorce. And they, they are just fed up, and they're done, and they really are thinking of breaking this thing up. And every single woman have always saved their marriage by – uh, having worked with me, which is a really interesting thing because I, the answer to your question is the single biggest thing is all of us, men and women, we don't know how to let love in. Mm. We crave love. We chase after love. We do everything for love. But when love shows up, we don't recognize it and we don't know how to let it in and we don't know how to sustain it and cultivate it and keeping it hot. Mm. Okay. So you know now yep. you got to explain that because, again, that's <laughs> rhetoric if I can't understand what you're saying. That's so right. dumb it down for me. If I'm from the streets, dumb yo, mama, down. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. I let loves in, all right? I love Keisha. I love Lashana. I love Dana. And, you know, I'm on my way to go love Michelle right now. So you got to dumb that down for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. I think Baltimore is going to be my favorite book tour. Stop. <laughs> I survived Baltimore. I'm going to survive anything. Here, I We're going to make it hot here. We're going to make it hot. I'm telling you, Philly and New York, do the one that she do there, and then come down here and see how much better it is. <laughs> I, I think the book tour that's going to go from, from one to four is going to go from one to four and then right into dinner and just like, <laughs> because we gotta love Keisha and we gotta love Simon, we gotta love Simon. <laughs> and now I don't even remember what your question was. <laughs> okay, well, oh, let yeah, me let mind. me see if I can. Let me see. Well, yes, one of the things you know, let uh, when you say you know people don't know how to let love in. Exactly. Yes. What do you? I, I guess you could say, uh, put it in terms that 
uh, that, what does that look seems like? a little how less abstract. Know? Yeah, how do you, yeah, yeah, what does that look like? Oh, it looks like this. It looks like everywhere I go, doesn't matter what city, they all they the women always sound like this. Man, you don't understand where I come from. There's no man, there's no good man. They they don't even have teeth. You know, like when this woman's like, but May, I mean, I'm from Fresno, which is, you know, way out in Hodan, California. We call Fresno the armpits of California. I'm, I'm from California. There's no good men out there. Okay? And then I go to Marin, which is like the hoity-toity, everybody wear yoga pants kind of city in, in California. Marin is like, Anyway, <laughs> they have the same thing. They're like, but May, you don't understand. There's no good men out here either. They all are into yoga chicks, and they're not into me. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then I go to Sweden. Oh, my gosh, this is what they say. But May, you don't understand. In Swedish, men don't even flirt with women. They don't even see us as women. So, see, there's no good men here either. So, this, and they're so convinced that they're right. So, first of all, that's what I mean when I say, when I say, you know, you, when love shows up in front of you, you don't even recognize it. You don't even see it. And every woman that I have worked with in their first three months or so, there's like a man would show up right in front of them. And they're like, I don't see it. I don't see him. <laughs> oh, him? Are you kidding? No way. You know, oh, no, he's way too old. He's too whatever. He's too bald. He's too fat. He's too poor, whatever it is. Like we have all these things that we reject love. And that, that, that's recognizing love, right? And for those women who are who are in a marriage and, and want to break it up, they're like, my husband doesn't love me. Oh, my God, we can't even communicate. And every time I ask him what I want, he blows up at me. He starts screaming and yelling. And I said to him, I said, did you know that when you ask a man something, especially something this big, like if you say to a man, I'm not happy with our sex life, I'm not satisfied, and he blows up, do you know what that really means? And uh, dumbfounded, they're like, no, that just means he got mad at me for what, I, for what I said. And I said, no, it means that he heard you and he doesn't know how to process it. So yelling and screaming is his way of saying, I heard you and I'm trying to understand and process what you have to say. And I tell you, every single woman that I teach that to, they start to break down and they said, oh, my God, you are right. I see it now. I see it so clearly. Yes, he's been trying so hard to hear me and understand what I asked for, but, but he didn't know how. And so he got really mad at me for asking for that. And then the next day or week or month, he tried so hard to be nice to me, but I was so busy being mad at him for being mad at me when I asked for that, that I shove him away. I deny him. I shut him, you know, I punish him for that. So you see how we don't recognize love. We say we do, and you say, you know, I love Kisha and I love, no, you don't. We're just coming after them. And the same thing with us women. You know, we say we love our men, but no, we don't. We're just protecting ourselves and our turf. But we don't see that, oh, my gosh, that's, when he did that, that's him trying to understand us. Oh, when he said that, that's him trying to trying to find his way to us, but he doesn't know how, so it scares him. So he blows up and he does all these crazy things. But really, if there's a reaction, that means he still cares. That means he's trying to find his way. So those are just like 
two small examples that how women misunderstand men, cannot read, cannot understand, and are not really willing to let love in. Okay, and do you do you think that a larger part of it just means that they are trying to receive love on their own terms, and that seems to be the major one of the their major blocks from from recognizing it? Uh, yeah, that, that again, this is part of the two days answer. Um, okay. When we are when we're, when we're in our peasant mindset, which is that hardworking woman who is independent, can do anything, she also is not trusting. She doesn't know how to trust and she doesn't recognize love, even though she thinks she does. She doesn't. She doesn't know what love is. And so... May, um, before you move past that, could you do me one favor? Could yeah. you just repeat that statement only a little louder and a little slower, please? The statement we that you just said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Us women, we, we, don't, we don't recognize love. We don't know what love is. I mean, that's why they wrote so many songs about it, right? Don't we all know that song? I, I mm-hmm. forget now. I can hear it in my head. I don't know what love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we just... Don't. We don't recognize it. We don't let it in. And because when you're in your peasant mindset, your peasant is fearful. She's limited. She, she thinks that the world is after her. She thinks that she's all alone and she has to prove herself and that if she opens herself up, she's going to be at great harm and that you're going to come in, do damage, and then abandon her. That is the peasant makeup that we all have inside our head. We can't escape it. That is our safety mechanism. She's looking at the world from those eyes. She's the one that goes into building relationships. When we don't realize that, she will destroy every relationship you have. If you think about it, Harvey, if you think about your wife and see it through this lens of, wow, how did that break down? How did you and her let that break down? Same thing. Because somewhere in there, you stop trusting each other, you stop believing that you can be there for each other, and you stop leaning in. All right. I like it when I say something. You guys are all quiet. (laughs) We're we're taking it all in. We're all in. I'm just processing it, really, really. We we are absorbing all of it, so, you know. Let's just say on this show, you're being loved, adored, and cherished. (laughs) (laughs) We are hanging on to every single word. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I quit my corporate job 20 years ago to be a life coach and to be here because this is so much more meaningful than shuffling papers around, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has a much, much greater reach, and it has a lasting effect than anything we're going to do in the corporate world. And it's interesting that you bring that up because a lot of people have heard the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Mm -hmm. So talk about, you know, the bravery you know, that it took to walk away from a corporate job. And you were at the top of your game, you know, one oh of the God. best, right? You were, they were sending you everywhere to train people, and you walked away to do your own thing. 
I actually have a whole history of walking away, which is kind of fascinating. I mean, I started with 10 years old, walking, leaving my own country on a boat to, to find freedom. And then when I, when I started working as an engineer, I, I was a great firstborn Asian daughter, so I got an engineering degree so, I, so that my parents would be proud of me. So I went into the corporate world, that corporate world, and, and that I was like, oh, no, this is killing my spirit. So I walked away from that job, and they were grooming me for, you know, senior management and all that BS out there. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I walked away from that safety, and then I became a life coach, and I fought my way into this, the best coach training school on the planet, the, the most seasoned training school, the Coaches Training Institute, and I became one of their trainers for 13 years. That was the job. People are still lining up around the globe to be one of those trainers. And I literally walked away from that because there was a voice inside me that said, it's time to go. You have to go and find your own message. You have to because you stay here and you're busy, you know, doing their work and you're not doing your own work. And I literally resigned. I mean, it scared the bejesus out of me because it was so safe as a coach to be training for them. I was guaranteed clients for the rest of my life because that's how the structure works. But I walked away from that so that I can find my own body of work and my own concept. And, and I did. And three years after I did, resigned, that's when I gave birth to the three Ps. That's when all this stuff just came together in this last five years so that I can really now fully own my life. And somewhere in there, I, I walked away from that job and I also walked away from my marriage at the same time so that I could find what I needed to know. I needed to understand what it's like to be a divorced mom. I needed to know what it's like to break up a marriage, to go through all these things, to reclaim my sex, to reclaim my, my love. And here I am. So I feel really coming together. You know, everything that had happened really helped me to not only teach what I know conceptually, but I also know it in my body because I have lived it every single moment of my life to get here. And May, let me tell you, I heard everything that you said, but let me tell you what was processing in my head as you were saying mm -hmm. that. What I heard was you saying you did what other people wanted you to do. Now, my mind set over left, and what I got was a picture on the right of your marriage as you described it. You found the man, you convinced him that you were the one for him, and mm -hmm. you had what most women would say was a good marriage. You said yeah. it was better than most. So yeah. here you're doing what other people want you to do. That may be what you felt like was the right thing to do, but it wasn't the true you. You weren't being authentic. You were being what you were trained and raised to be in that moment. So then I pushed that over to the right and bring the picture from mm -hmm. the left back to the center. And so I hear you say that, but you had to quit that job, and at the same time you quit that job, you quit the marriage. But you had to do that to reclaim yourself, your life, your sexuality. So then I pushed that over to the side, and I bring the picture from the right back to the center. <laughs> and then here, of course, you're leaving this marriage, and what you're deciding is that as wonderful as this is, it's safe. And in this world, there is no real safety. It's an illusion. 
True safety can only come from your connection with the Most High. And so that inner voice inside you that said, it's time to move on. That's where safety was. But because of how we are raised, because of the world paradigm, we believe that what we see is safety. So you've got a good marriage. You, you have a kid together. You have a house together. You've got a wonderful job. That's safety. But what's inside you is calling to be birth. And so mm-hmm. in the world paradigm, leaving that is crazy. Following what's mm-hmm. inside, that's not safe. But the truth of the matter is that is safe. And so then you go on and you do what you do and you get where you are now. Here, wonderful relationship where you love, adored, and cherished. You know, shortly after leaving the corporate structure and doing your own thing, you came up with your core program, the three Ps. Basically, you gave birth to what really needed to come out of you. You became the true authentic you, but only when you were willing to let go of what other people wanted you to be and what you felt you should be because of that. And so if we look at that from a relationship standpoint, a lot of times we find somebody based on a paradigm that we have, maybe that we learned when we were younger, maybe from mm-hmm. our family, maybe from aunts or mm-hmm. uncles or whatever, and we marry someone, maybe like mom, maybe like dad, or just someone who fills a void with us. And, and we stay there as long as we can because maybe there's no other options or maybe there's no better options or maybe just because really there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, all couples fight, so it's not that bad. But we're not finding the true us. We're not finding the authentic us. And so we're stuck in something, and we start to begrudge what we have as time goes on. And we start to realize maybe we settled. Maybe when we were younger, we should have done something different, but we're older now. And so a lot of what we project on other people is our own issues. Because we're feeling bad because we didn't step up. We didn't step out. We're not showing up the way we really, really want to show up. Maybe we heard that voice at one time, but we didn't listen to the voice because that voice to us didn't really represent safety. It was like, that's crazy. I can't do that. What would my family think? What would my mother say? What would this? What would that? What would the world? And so that's what I got. That's what came to me as you were sharing your story. And I just think Hmm. it's interesting, you know, how life truly does parallel in in every aspect. What you're doing in business is similar to what you might be doing in your relationship because everything in life is a relationship. Well, thank you for giving us a a inside look to how your man head works. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'm always willing to share my man head. Sometime and just interview him so we can understand how men work. You know, like, oh, oh, you move it to the left and then you move it to the right and then you put it in the center. I see. And when it's in the center, I guess, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, have a, I have a slight modification. Sure. Um, uh, and this is how a woman's mind works. It, I heard all of that, and it goes blah 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 blah. And this, I'm just, it's like shopping. The, nope, 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 nope. This one. So this is what I'm going for. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> I think 
I think we, at every step of the way, we did the best we could with, the, with what we know and what we're capable of. And this is part of this whole self-love thing. I think that every step of the way, we did the best that we could. And despite, you know, we could blame that that's what other people want us to do and all that. The truth is, that was what, my, what I was capable of doing, what I knew to do. And so I did the best I could. I knew to get married to this man. I knew to do the best I could in that marriage. I knew it was time to have a baby. So I did the best I could. And then I also knew that it was time to go, which was super scary, but I knew. So, so, I, so that's it. I, I take full responsibility. I don't, I, don't, I don't see that other people had pressure me. I see that this was my conditioning, and that was what I was ready for. And then as I grow older, I was ready for more of me. So then I do more and I stretch out more and I can allow myself to leap a bigger step. And, and luckily what I'm discovering is that every time I get brave and take a step to leap, there's always a net. There's always a, a footing that comes out to support me. Unlike what my fearful mind says, if you take a, a, a leap, you're going to fall into the abyss and crash and die. I have never fallen into the abyss. What I've always discovered is more love, more unconditional love, and more of me and more amazing life is there to meet me. So that I, I take home with. That's what I take to, the, to, my, to, my, to my bank account with. You know, it's like what I learned is, Life is actually really beautiful, and it will meet me and keep me safe every step of the way. Okay. Okay, I just had a wow moment. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, Arlene? Well, no, um, um, that I I so resonate with what she just said. Um, I, I think that given the the tools and mechanisms because I, I would say that my experience was is similar in the sense that I feel that a larger part of the conditioning that I had when I was growing up and just the desire to be different um, than what it was that I saw growing up. And I would say that my marriage to uh, my my ex-husband, it, it really showed me or revealed more of myself, uh, revealed more of um, what it is that I really wanted to draw into my experience. And also, you're, you're right um, about it being super scary to, to leave that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we just need to love Every step of the way, every courageous act that, that you do, however big, however small it is, you know, um, is need to be loved and celebrated. It's like you are beautiful and perfect as is, and you've done a fantastic job. The fact that you got out of bed this morning and got dressed and fed your children, you have succeeded. <laughs> you have, like, rocked the world with that, you know. And then, oh, my gosh, you drove to work. Holy cow, now we've got to kiss your feet because you are a rock star to even do that part. And then you said something kind to someone else and you put your heart into some, something. Oh, my gosh, thank you so much, you know, every step of the way. And then if you reach out and, you know, 
leap and take a bigger step, awesome. We're right here for you. All right. Okay. I think we should come to a close. This is like we we are are going on. It's like. (laughs) 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 I'm exhausted. Are you exhausted? (laughs) We want to leave them wanting more instead of like going. Oh no, these people they can talk forever. Before we close it out, we need to give May a chance to say some final words, tell where she can be found, how people can get in touch with her, and give a little bit more information on her tour. Oh, thank you so much for that. I am coming to the East Coast on uh, May 29th, so I'm going to be in the East Coast for two weeks. I will be in Baltimore at Sandra uh, Wood Juice Bar at um, on June 5th, which is Sunday from 1 to 4 with Reverend um, Bailey and, and Erlene. Um, and, then, and then I'm also going to be in Philadelphia for uh, June, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. And on the 11th, I'm actually going to be at Lord & Taylor in King Prussia, right in the middle of their biggest day of event, friends and family sale. And we're actually going to be right in center of of Lord and Taylor. So I'm just kind of like, woo, okay. I get juice bar with the reverence and then I get Lord and Taylor and King Prussia and everything else in between. And um, so I would love to see you wherever you're at, come out and see me. You can go to my website and find out more about my, my book to a stop. It's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y hyphen it, to be loved book tour. To be loved book tour. Bit.ly hyphenate to be loved book tour. Or forward slash, not hyphenate. Sorry about that. Forward slash. Um, and I hope to see you out there. And in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of me, just send me an email, May, M A I, at hotlifehotlove.com. Hotlifehotlove.com. All right. There it is, everyone. All right, oh, and, uh, I should tell them about my book, and they can order yeah. my book on Amazon, The Divorced yeah. Mom's Guide to Dating. Of course, on Amazon, The Divorced Mom's Guide to Dating, to be loved, adored, and cherished. All right. And is there anything else? Thank you so much. This has been so fabulous. I, you said it was going to be a fun show, and it was, and you both have been super gracious and, and um, in your share and your wisdom and your, your support of me and, and my work. So I'm very grateful. All right. Well, May, we are so glad to have had you on the show. Um, unfortunately, this show will not be aired live but still, it was wonderful, and I know that people are just going to really love this show. Arlene, you have anything for us before we close out? No, not, uh, not at all, but I wish everyone a lovely evening, and namaste to everyone, and please be sure to join us this coming June. We got a young brother that stands with the
whole lot. Try tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry. Yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna down me. But ain't nobody gonna never drown me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they tell me. And I love myself. The world is a ghetto.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.